Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? January 17th edition of the Fightful MMA podcast. Uh, as always, uh, Tuesdays, I'm joined by UFC middleweight Elias Theodore. He is the inaugural uh, Ultimate Fighter Nations champion uh, when Canada took on the U.S. of A when they were in the middle of nowhere in Quebec. Uh, Elias ended up winning that middleweight. Um, Ultimate Fighter. Elias, what's going on, brother? <laughs> it was actually Australia, not U.S. But I would what did lovely... I say? I said U.S.? I would... Yes, yeah. Yeah, said us, but I, they're still perfect to me. It's okay. I think you're beautiful. <laughs> On that great note, <laughs> let's kick this off. <laughs> Canada versus Australia. I don't know what I was thinking about U.S. today. I guess because I do want to get to the There's ultimate fighter. There's way too many That's why. What's that? <laughs> There's a lot of UFCs, so I understand. There are a lot of toughs, so I, do not uh, worry. It, I'm so lost, not, dude. It's already happened. It's coming. Or you, just, or you just figured out the next season after this one with uh, Cody and uh tj so yeah i want to get to that because they did they did announce that during the ufc phoenix broadcast but um doesn't it suck that they haven't done another ultimate fighter in canada i know why they haven't done it i think you pretty much know why as well but it was so Mm. great when it was first on i just wish they would have did it again yep and um you know uh a certain someone who may have won one of those could also coach it so after i smash this tough uh ultimate fighter winner I might take on another Ultimate Fighter winner, and let's uh, throw a show behind that. You know what? We don't really have, as Canadians, we generally don't have any sort of uh, enemies, unless it's in hockey, because we don't like the States, we don't like Russia. Cool. I'll take on someone from, like, uh, I don't know, uh, Boston or something. Some uh, guy that's from Boston. Then there you go. Boom. You and Kenny Florian as coaches? No? Best hair in MMA? No, 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 no. What was his name? Well, he's a Jersey guy. I would, I would love to fight the, uh, the, the, the new recent... Uh, ultimate fighter winner i don't know uh, sanchez or something like that eric sanchez okay yeah, yeah. after i smash this guy there's a there's a good one right there but no one knows who he is i had to look him up when uh when he called me out <laughs> i think uh, three people called me out that day i'm like wait who is this guy who the fuck is that guy <laughs> so um so I, I you know after i smash this tough uh you know i'll go on a world tour i beat up brazil then i go beat up uh the u.s and then we'll take on china well they're not big enough for me but hmm you we'll figure this out. It's- but you're on a world tour as is because last week, I mean, not even seven days ago, you were in L.A. Uh, doing the shoot or doing the commercial, I think it was. And now you're yep. over at uh, TriStar uh, with Faraz. I mean, uh, did you ever get any rest or what? Ain't no rest of the wicked. <laughs> and I'm never sleeping on Twitter, as it seems. <laughs> so, um, no, uh, honestly, there's 24 hours in the day. And I fit, uh, I fit basically two sessions in each day, no matter where it is. I kind of time all my projects that I have. Um, I time them all basically a hard week, an easy week, a hard week, an easy week. This will be my hard week where I basically have a, a week of two a days here at TriStar. 
um, smash it out. Uh, and then next week, uh, you'll probably have me while I'm in Calgary for Hard Knocks because I'm doing the commentating for that as well. So I think next week, where is Elias? Like, we're going to do like a new rendition, like of Carmen San Diego, of where like I'm all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> never at mind. the same time, um, yeah, exactly. Um, but the beautiful thing is, I think I'm going to get in some training with uh, Nick Ring and a couple other uh, Taekwondo guys that I know, uh, Dan. Um, he's down there that, uh, again, two sessions a day, there's 24 hours in the day, and I don't mind being a little tired uh, with my workout. I think that's, that's part of work ethic. Uh, I'm building something larger than mixed martial arts in regards to um, just the brand that I want to create. Um, and after I smash Caesar, um, a lot of that will be announced, and I'll be ready to go with that. But I think um, in many ways, Ronda Rousey's blueprint wasn't necessarily a negative thing. The idea of uh, uh, having to be a one-track fighter, I just think she had the wrong team behind her. I have a great team. I have, a, I have all my coaches either in Toronto or, or Montreal or any of the executive training partners that I work with. Uh, they're all in the mix and they all have input and I'm not surrounded by yes-men. I was going to say, that or was women. the next thing. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I was just going to say that. You've never been one of those guys that uh, I think you're, you, you can politely tell somebody off. Let's just put it that way. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's exactly the point. Um, because again, at the end of the day, it's, I'm the captain of my ship. Uh, you are the accumulation of those you surround yourself with. And I'm lucky to uh, be in the gym, uh, outside of the gym with great people, great business partners, great management, everything in between. But I'm the one that assembled that. Um, and in many ways, like I said, uh, I'm the captain, although I don't have the funny sailor hat right now. <laughs> That's just probably in your suitcase. I wouldn't be surprised. But um, uh, Try everything twice. Yeah. <laughs> I um the Whatever one thing that, that took me a long time to learn, Elias, was because of the travel schedule. Um, and let's 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 face it, I'm not a professional athlete. I just have to look good in front of the camera, and I you know they put makeup on my face and on my head to make sure I look good. But diet, diet, nutrition is extremely important. I, I keep thinking of guys like yourself that do so much mm-hmm. traveling, and especially you got to keep your weight in check. Yep. You know, you got a book coming up. How, how do you deal mm-hmm. with that? Or do you have people with you, or do you just know? Um, a little bit of both. Uh, I have someone that has been always, especially towards the end, uh, taking care of my diet, Lachlan Chang, who's been a part of my coach. And he's, uh, again, in many ways, the, the coach and, the, and also the executive training partner because he does give me movement too, and we do work together. Um, he also takes care of my uh, nutrition the last week. Um, and I also have great sponsors. Uh, HPN, uh, they are the utmost standard in regards to supplements and also a recovery. And then there's also... Um, Fuel Foods. I'm very lucky to have a meal delivery uh, sponsor that basically packs up everything I have, uh, and I take that to go. I take a week's worth of food. If I'm going to LA for a week, I take a week's worth of food with me. Uh, I might have to, you know, let some of the the my clothes leave. But like we talked about uh, on Twitter, clothes always optional. So just if I'm in LA, I don't need shirts. What do you need shirts and socks for? I got sandals. We're good. I'll just be a hipster for a week. But um, I will be eating great. But I will be eating great. <laughs> Okay, so when you get to TriStar, this, this is the question I have for you when I yep. saw the picture with you and Faraz. Um, you know, Faraz doesn't hold back any punches. He'll, he'll tell you flat out, hey, need to work on this, need to work on that. But when you, when you come and go and you see Faraz, does Faraz sit there with his own mental blueprint or does actually say, okay, listen, we're fighting Caesar or we're fighting this guy. Here's what we need to work on. I know you're leaving. Work on this and sort of thing. And do you ever get yep. messages when you go elsewhere? Or is it what basically sure. Faraz and the coaches in Toronto say, that's what we're doing? No, we're all on the same page. Uh, what's it called? I'm even going to set up a, an email chain with a couple of my coaches from back home that are going to come one week 
and uh, we're just going to get it all synced up. Uh, we're all in communication, and I'm again the the person that's the the, the the I guess connector of them. Even though again, Faraz and like Lachlan have a really good relationship. Uh, Chad and Faraz get along just great, uh, and it goes on for for more uh, further from there. But the point being that everyone's in connect connection. Uh, everyone we have this beautiful thing called technology. We can uh, get everyone in a room even before they're actually in a physical room and on the mat. So we all have the same, same concept. And again, I'm using what's called the spaghetti rule. I'm throwing everything what's on the wall, everything on the wall and see what sticks. So if I'm doing something with Chad Pearson in regards to wrestling and that kind of works in together with the, 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 the foot battle and the, um, the, the tendencies that I have to work with, with the Southpaw that I'm talking with Faraz and I'm talking with Crew Ash and everyone in between. So as now we're about a little bit less than five weeks out, I think it's like 34 days or something like that. Um, I have a very good blueprint of how to beat Caesar, um, Caesar, Caesar, whatever, the guy that I'm going to beat. That's what we're going to up. Um, uh, it's so funny when someone asks me like, who are you fighting? I'm like a dead man. And then it takes like a second for them. <laughs> it takes a second. It, it takes a second for them to think it. Who are you fighting? dead man doesn't matter who it is and then they're like ah slick and then i tell him who it is and obviously again caesar he's he has he has been in the past a little inconsistent uh in the sense of he was you know dubbed vitor's protege and was supposed to be the next big thing and then he's had a couple stifles uh, he fought someone as tough as sam alley i can vouch how tough he is and how awkward and long he is and he got rocked and knocked out he went down to 170 which was an ill-advised thing uh, there's a diminishing returns of trying to be the biggest guy in the cage, uh, especially that it shows at 170 with your chin. Uh, you can't hydrate, especially not with the IV, no more IVs anymore. Anyways, I digress. He's on a three-fight win streak. He's very tough. He, he has that eye of the tiger again. There's, there's a real thing called momentum. And it, sometimes we see it in like an example with Ronda Rousey where it's his magnitude and it's his driving force, and then it might be gone. Um, but then there's outliers who get it back. And my opponent is now on a three-fight winning streak. Two of those are finishes. So he's dangerous. He's getting a little confidence because he knows what uh, victory is again. Um, so it's an interesting thing. I guess guys are more or less going old school and girls are going old school without the IV anymore. Um, what have you seen or heard or even from yourself or just in general? What are fighters doing nowadays that whenever, you know, they got to cut that weight and gone is the chance that you could just sit back have a needle put into you, a sailing bag, slowly dripping, you know, IV or, yep. or saline into your system. What are folks doing now other than just like, okay, don't drink all that water in one shot or all that Gatorade yep. in one shot or whatever. What are they doing nowadays? Um, uh, short answer, being an athlete year round. Um, with me, I could, I could take a month to have a couple of, like I was young, uh, 25, like right after the ultimate fighter. What do you think I did? I, I drank my body weight and ate my body weight for about a month, uh, but you can't do that anymore. Because again, um, as, you, as the sport goes in many ways, um, you gotta be an athlete year round. You can get a call, unlike most um, sports, there's no, there's no off season. Uh, there's always someone trying to kick your ass. So, um, and especially when you're someone like myself who has a lot of catching up to do. I, I didn't do jujitsu when I was 10. I didn't start wrestling when I was in elementary school. I'm playing a lot of catch up in many ways. I had the tenacity to play pond hockey and go to the NHL at the age of 21. Um, I think uh, for me, uh, being a generalist, it allows me to, it forces me to continue to be on 
not necessarily strict because like, again, if you're doing two sessions a day, you can eat a lot of food <laughs> you can, you can have fun with it. I can still travel. I can still this and that, blah, 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 blah. Cause I can turn any place into my office. Um, I think the, the short term, it's obviously helping clean up the sport because saline, it's not the issue of the IV itself. It's the issue of saline ask, acts as a, ma- a masking agent for uh, any type of test. So plastic is in your blood. And then you're like, well, we don't really know if that's plastic or we don't know anything else. Oh, the, uh, the test is no good. And then by the time, by the time you end up, uh, what's it called? The time you end up uh, getting tested again, it's already out of your system. Right. So it's, it's, it's obviously to clean up the sport and I'm willing to give up my, my um, use of it to the right side of history. That's the, the important thing. Cleaning up the sport, the right side of history. Uh, if you have nothing to hide and it forces you, like I said, to be an athlete year round, obviously it's better to be bigger. Uh, and there's advantages with that. And especially with the, the lack of weight classes, there's not enough weight classes. Um, I think my perfect weight class would probably be 195. If we're going to look at it at um, the perfect hydration, um, I think in regards to my, my actual like body frame, I think I'm too small for a 180, uh, 205. I, I train with Misha. We're about the same weight, but he's, you know, two inches higher. Uh, his reach is a little uh, longer as well. There's, there's an inevitable um, benefits and features that he's going to have in regards of being just a little bit bigger. I, I have a smaller frame. I have a frame of a 185er, but now I'm, I'm going to be around instead of 217, 218, I'll be 210. You look at, I mean, this is a conversation I've had with people before regarding the weight classes. Do you think one weight or a weight class every 10 pounds is too much or does that work? No, no, I, I think it works now, especially if we're going to throw in terms for everybody. Um, <laughs> anyways, if it's all about quantum content anyways, now, I think the original aspect was clearly to not dilute the, the, the weight classes and the idea for branding recognition, one of the faults for boxing is that every five pounds is a different weight class. So that's very hard for people to get excited at the, the super, super, uh, I don't know, um, super, super welterweight or whatever the heck they're, they have. Um, the point being, I think now um, there's a need for it. And I think there's enough talent, uh, especially in the men's division. Uh, let's be honest, the women, they're, they're, they're building right now. They're a couple of years behind. Uh, one thing I would say where everyone, one thing I kind of, was talking to a friend of mine, Dan, um, he, he said it right. Uh, he called uh, Ronda Rousey essentially the Hoist Gracie of mixed martial arts in the sense that she, she built the sport and it, now it's moved past her. Same thing, uh, mixed martial arts, the female division, the female um, divisions rather are, are building up in their own right. But I think the male divisions, but even again, uh, females need more weight classes too, the 125. They need a 145. They have it now. So the same point stands there too. Well, obviously the men, there's even more because we're going to get bigger unless you can find a uh, weight class for Gabby. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that'll, that'll, uh, that'll change. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but you do make a great point. <laughs> I, I mean, I know of, my goodness, I can think of probably six or seven women off the top of my head that got into jujitsu and mixed martial arts because of Ronda Rousey. They are the, I mean, she was the yep. reason that they said, oh, wait a second, women can do this as well. I'm like, you, you damn right. Yep. Women have been fighting in MMA for a long time. Yep. They just never had that superstar that came out 
that caught lightning in a bottle and that was able to, to transcend everything and to get onto a microphone, have the look, and just be mm-hmm. whoever she wanted to be and not really give a rat's ass about what anyone thought of her. And that was Ronda Rousey. She was already an athlete. I mean, she's an mm-hmm. Olympic yep. Yep. competitor yep. for yep. a reason. Yep. Medalist. She was, mm-hmm. Yeah, right? So she was a badass. So there's women that, and she, like you said, I think it's a great analogy, More the horse Gracie of women's MMA. She's, she's going to, yep. you know, we, we, we can't falter. Again, I told you last week, it drives me nuts when people have changed their, their, their logos or their names and, or, you know, on, on, their, on their Instagrams and or their Twitters to show Ronda Rousey's face battered in by a man. And I mean, it's just, it drives me nuts. She's done so much for the sport. Again, yeah, she's made bad decisions, bad people around her, but, you know. But the more important thing with the, the women's uh, analogy, now the money. And where goes the money, there goes the people. So now if a female mixed martial arts actually provides a, a career, then you'll actually see athletes from other, other uh, sports, much like wrestlers originally, and much like the, the box. Not really boxers, because obviously boxing had always had money, but I think wrestling and taekwondo and karate and all those other sports, jiu-jitsu, you'll see female athletes going in that direction because there is a direction um and it's a beautiful thing Uh, let's let's not get it twisted this sport is only 20 years old give or take so to see it all evolve in our in front of our eyes and the way it has and even i i know many people um are first to um push about the the money situation in regards to fighting in general but i think there's a, a lot of money still to be made if if you work for it Absolutely. Well, listen, uh, <laughs> anyone that takes a look at my, uh, my Instagram or my, excuse me, my Twitter or my or Facebook, you'll see a lot of logos behind me. Uh, I juggle yep. and wear a lot of these. I wear a lot of hats yep. in terms of what I do to make the bills or to make, to make ends meet. And I love it. It's hard work. And I know that, you know, in time, I'm setting the foundation uh, to make my family extremely financially secure. And that's what I'm doing right now. And MMA is obviously my passion. Uh, it'll never go away as much as people were like, oh, he's gone. He's gone. No, no, I'm still here. Uh, I still love what I, I do. I see you. I see you right there. <laughs> I see you right there, sir. Yeah. Uh, I, can't, I can't leave. I got guys like you, Faraz. Probably George is going to bust my chops some way, somehow on this phone. I don't know. And everyone around the, uh, the whole Canadian scene, even the American scene. But um, you, you mentioned Gabby Garcia. Find a weight class for her. Uh, they, they finally have the 145-pound featherweight division uh, you know, starting to move forward in mixed martial arts for the ladies. Unfortunately, you got Bellator and you got the UFC that are going mean, to th- th- There isn't much depth in Compete. that division. Yeah. And there's two titles, right? Yep. No, it's true. It's true. Um, but again, you build it and they will come. Uh, it might not, they might not be a prevalent. And obviously the, the amount of weight classes they have and what options they have, they, they won't be a female title every other month. But still, if it's part of the conversation, if it's part of the top of the card, Again, uh, um, you have Penne versus uh, Brain Fart, Brain Fart, Shemenka, Shemenka, oh, uh, yeah, Shevchenko, yeah. Shevchenko, there you go. I, I knew there were vowels and, and consonants. <laughs> I couldn't put it together. I just couldn't put it together in my head. Um, but the point being said, like, again, females are being right on the top of the card. She will be that, – that duo will be on the top of the Denver card. That, that's a huge honor. They, that's, they're, they're – again – one of the guys, if you want to put it that way, in the, in the sense that it's an equal, it's an equal bearing sport, and I don't think I don't see too many boxing uh, main events that are headlined by females. No, you're right, you're right, and the really cool. So the one cool thing about that fight right there is it's headlining a show where the UFC got started. 
UFC got started in Denver yep. in November of yep. 1993. Lo and behold, yep. boom, women are now – I think it's so cool. They're headlining the yep. show there. Um, one comment you made there, you said that it's not – I think it was, it's not like women titles are going to be happening every three or four months. Damn it, add that 125-pound division, and we will have you, 115, 25, 35, and 45. We'll have four titles, yep. and you can yep. see women competing Once every three months. title all the time. Yeah. Once every, yeah, yeah, no, it's true. It's very true. It's very true. Uh, they, uh, but again, uh, it's one of those things where they need the stars there. 125, I think, can really fill up. And, and now 145, too, is starting to, to, to come out. Like, you, you, there are, again, they're not, there might not be 50 female fighters at 145, but there, there might be 10, 15 that can put on a show. Well, I hate to break it to everybody out there. Not only can you add a 125-pound division to the UFC, you can also add a 105 division, the atom weights. True. Uh, Anthem. Yep, 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 yep. Very totally true. Can do it. That's five titles for women. You can have, you know, it's champions and different males and females definitely filling up the show. And, and, and I know come Friday. Interim belts for all. Yeah, well, belts not, for not so all. much that. But um, I, Friday, just to let everyone know, Friday, uh, Reed Kuhn is generally my guest. Uh, and he generally talks about the, the analytics and the numbers in mixed martial arts. Uh, to my understanding, Friday will be a challenge, not just for Reed, because uh, he's traveling, but for yours truly. Uh, as I'll be calling Titan FC uh, on Friday, yeah, you uh, or excuse me, on Saturday. So I will be in Miami. In well, I wish I was in South Beach, although it's 25 minutes away, Elias. Mm-hmm. I'll be stuck in my hotel room doing research Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, it's a tough job, but everyone's got to do it. <laughs> I will. Be, while you're in there, while you're while you're at least in positive weather, I will be in Calgary minus. 30 weather so it could be worse <laughs> yeah yeah no i hear you yeah for those that, those that don't know uh elias and i are both from the greater toronto region and i'm looking outside my window right now and it's just kind of rainy and maybe some ice water or uh, freezing rain uh this guy if you saw my my instagram and twitter feed or facebook feed uh doesn't have any hot water in this house <laughs> just waiting for the technician Ooh. to come by and fix the hot water tank uh so i can get a nice warm or at least hot shower I had Lee Mean from uh, from Alberta. Obviously, you know Lee Mean pretty well with Jordan yep. Mean. Uh, he's ripping me apart, as you are ripping me apart on, on Twitter. He's like, dude, cold showers are awesome. And I'm like, they're no, great for cold you. Showers they're nice. great for you. They're I great for them. you. They're great for you. Uh, what's called the endorphins, the endorphins that it will actually cause. It, it, it basically constricts your, your blood and uh, basically all of your arteries and your muscles, and it makes you contract. And it will help you uh, because it, it forces you to turn on your own uh, inter inner um, uh, what's it called furnace that is your metabolism. It'll help you actually cut, cut weight as well. So if yeah, for dietary reasons too, it'll help you. So there's many reasons why Joe that you should be doing this. I'm so not. I never want to hear you complaining about like ah oh, my back hurts or anything like that. No, 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 that would hold be on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Realistically speaking, <laughs> not being able to take a hot shower is is yes, first world no, problems. No, no, no. Just, there's no principle, principle in general. No, but it's but it's also principle. I will go for. I will go devil's advocate. I will play. I will. I will fight for you. Uh, just in principle, you want to have the option. And pay for I the damn hot water choose. tank. I, exactly. 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, enough with that. Um, <laughs> let's let's move on over to UFC Phoenix, where uh, I'm already sort of displeasure with BJ Penn coming back. BJ Penn competing. I got it. He, he was supposed to fight Dennis Seaver. Seaver gets injured. 
enter Cole Miller, and then BJ Penn can't fight Cole Miller, and the UFC says Ricardo Lamas, and I was like, no, 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 that's not a good fight, and that fight doesn't happen. I'm sure they got pissed off at BJ Penn for having to cancel that event, and then they give him Yair Rodriguez, and I'm like, this should not be happening, and lo and behold, Mm -hmm. what did we see on Sunday there in Phoenix, but, you know, what everyone knew was going to happen. Yeah, and again, it's one of those things, I don't know, I just... I don't like the analogy, but like I think it, uh, the, the whole BJ Penn thing is like a, a bad relationship where it's like, she's going to change. I tell you, I, she's going to change. And he hasn't won since 2012. It's, it's 2017. Like, let's be real here. Like, no one can take away the same thing. The analogy works with, obviously, with uh, Ronda Rousey. No one can take away what he's accomplished. He was one of the first, if not the first, to get two belts in two different weight classes. But that was a different time in regards to the sport. And you have the young guns now, and he's only at the age of 37, 38 that he is. Uh, now at the weight class that he should have been, he fought Lyoto Machida, for God's sakes. This is someone that is probably one of the toughest SOBs to ever be in the cage. Um, and that's, that point still stands in regards to it being too tough to be in there in the first place. No way. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He should have been there. Devin Dennis Seaver sounds like a great option. It's like, oh, we want this, we want this, this, uh, you know, we want BJ Penn uh, a part of this this awesome card. He's the first on the main card. Dennis Seaver, they're about again physically at the same point with each other, and just it's just sad because you again everyone wants to in athletics. It's so hard to walk off in a sunset and. It's, he's a, again example of what that why that is, uh, and let's 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 not take away what this also highlights uh, the wasted potential in regards to BJ Penn. Not obviously he was a champion, obviously he's one of the greats, but in the sense that he was the prime example of God-given talent. Um, obviously he worked hard to become a, a BJJ black belt uh, to win the the, the uh, I think the uh, the Abu Mundial. I can't remember. Yes, yeah, there you go, there you go. To win that, no one can ever take away from that. But I think, in many ways, from again, people I know that in regards to his training regimen and why everyone said motivated, motivated BJ Penn was a thing because he didn't need to be motivated. He was just too goddamn good. Um, and I think when he became a, uh, a Hall of Famer, that kind of checked his ego slash oh my god, his mortality. Um, he wanted to get back in there to prove that he can do it because you know kicking ass is, in t- is timeless. Well, obviously, yes, we know you're tough, but you can't, like, there's a, there's a certain diminishing returns. We even saw it with Hopkins. Like, 
Um, even the greats in regards to that. Hopkins was renowned for his defensive boxing and his technicality and just beating you out, smarting you. But Father Time's a mother. You know what I was going to say. Yep, 100%. Now, it, so now, it brings up um, sort of a discussion I've been having, uh, and not just in here, but just in general with people. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so with other people, uh, real people. Discussions <laughs> of real people. Real people. Uh, actual people. What's inside here? Um, how do we protect you guys from yourselves? Should people around you be be tasked with that? Should the commissions for sure be tasked with that? Should the well, the promoters? It's it's just you know the the argument that was made by Sean Ross Sapp on Sunday after after the event. Um, you know, as the managing editor of Fightful.com, he yep. made a really good point because I was disgusted with with BJ Penn seeing that because BJ, I mean, full disclosure, he's he's a friend. You know, I, I mm. love his mom, his family, and and everything like that, his brothers, and they've always treated me like gold and blah blah. But I can't sit there and watch that. Uh, I already get stressed out when you fight, when Pearson used to fight, when George fights, BJ fights. You know, Frankie Edgar. It's just it drives me nuts. But there comes a time when it's like, okay, that's it. Okay, it's done. You guys did what you had to do. You made your money. You created a mm-hmm. legacy. Now it's time to sort of walk away and sort of to, to, to sort of walk on. But, you know, BJ did that. And then, you know, it was the John Fitch fight. And then the John Fitch fight was, I guess, I think it was a draw. And then from there, it was just the Nick Diaz fight. And after the Nick Diaz fight, he said, that's it. I can't go home to my daughter looking like this, only to return uh, and take on Rory McDonald. And then after that was Joseph, that was because he wanted to get to George St. Pierre. So he moves up and takes a guy like Rory McDonald, gets a beating handed to him, and then comes yeah. out of that and says, ah, I'm going to go back after Frankie Edgar, uh, and then shows up with that upright stance. And I'm like, this has got to stop. And then he comes back years later and then takes on Gary Rodriguez. Like, someone has to step in there. And then, as I was saying, Sean Ross Sapp made a really good point saying, it's ratings. It's ratings. For sure. Right? But to me, it's like, Someone's got to stop these promoters from doing something like this because, you know, Dana White often said that with Chuck Liddell, uh, I, I want to make money, but I don't want to make that kind of money. I don't want to make money yep. off of him. The same could be said for, for BJ Penn because BJ Penn, I know what he did to them when he won the title versus Matt Hughes and then takes off and then goes to Japan and blah, 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 mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, you know, promoters should not be allowed to do that to fighters, in my opinion. Well, at the same time, BJ's a grown-ass man. Um, if he wants to be in there, he wants to be there. Unfortunately, he'll be, he's the one that's going to have to live the repercussions in regards to his brain, um, in regards to his body. Uh, I understand as an athlete, the desire to walk off on top. Like I said, uh, no one gets to do that. That's what shows how great of a thing and why I personally don't think that George should come back unless again, the right fight or the, the, whatever one off, you know what I mean? He's not returning for 10 fights, like anything like that. Um, I, I think because that continues on regards to, for instance, George's legacy that he was able to walk off as champion. No one does that. Look at Anderson. Look at everyone. Father time. It's a real thing. Um, athletics in general is a finite resource, and you've got to squeeze the lemon for all it's worth. I think um, with BJ Penn, um, he's got his money. He has his brands. He has his partnerships. He has uh, BJPenn.com. He, he, he has a legacy, like you said, and no one can take that away from him. Put a couple like – why doesn't the UFC pair with them for a couple of UFC gyms down there um, and be the, again, the coach, the, the face of that. And if, and I, I don't think it's a money in general. I think it's just him realizing, Hey, it's almost over. I, there's times where I could have maybe fought three times a year and I only fought once. You know what I mean? Like it's all those potential fights that probably have passed them away and seen the sport. And 
that $4.2 billion mark does ring really true on a lot of us. Um, again, even if you don't believe in uh, conservative uh, principles, trickle-down theory in some regards has to happen. Um, and in many ways, it allows you to stay relevant and, 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 and develop the brand that is yourself. Um, uh, all the projects that I have on the side, all the projects that I'm working on are relevant because I'm a mixed martial artist. I'm a professional fighter. It has this gravitas to it, right? Um, this is why people are coming at you. So it, it's a way for him to stay relevant, if not for the brand aspect, for even himself. So I, 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 I very much uh, empathize with him, but at the same time, I, I empathize with him, but at the same time, it's his choice. Um, and he's a grown ass man. Well, Devil's advocate, great points. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you whatsoever, but yep. I do want to try and get into your um, to your, your head entirely to think about. Be careful, because when I was watching Yair Rodriguez, um, <laughs> when I was watching Yair Rodriguez, um, I, the only thing going through my mind was like, I don't think he wants to hurt this guy. I don't think he wants to hurt BJ Penn. But then something goes off, and he's like, Hey, no, he signed the contract. Same or me. Same yep. or me. Same or me. That's basically it, right? That's him or me. Is that what goes um, through your mind, though, even it, though you're potentially fighting sure. this legend Hall of Famer? Yeah, but he makes more money than me anyway. So um, I guarantee you that, uh, uh, yeah, uh, God bless him, uh, even beating BJ Penn didn't walk away with more than BJ Penn. Yeah, that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Um, a lot of stuff happened on that card, especially in the co-main event where Joe Lozon took on uh, Marcin Held. Uh, and again, it's a... Joel gets his hand reaching, and he's just like, no, that's not going to happen. And a, a weird thing, um, a politician in the States, uh, Matt Bevin, uh, went off uh, about the UFC and fixed judging, and fi- or not really fixed judging, mm. some of the stuff that he Shitty had said, jump. I was God. like, whoa, you can't be saying that kind of stuff, man. Um, what do you think when, when a politician like that, who basically appoints athletic commissions or commissioners and stuff like that, goes on and says something like that. It's like, dude, it's not the UFC that did this. These yep. are state yep. athletic commission and judges. What, you mean a politician not knowing what they're talking about? <laughs> Never. Never. Uh, just put it in the chocolate full of uh, U.S. politics and uh, bullshit that follows. Yeah. Um, I feel bad. Uh, no, I was called, no, I do feel uh, – uh, yes and no. I don't really. He, again, keeping it 100, he's, he's being honest about it. He's like, yeah, I don't win but he still gets to go away with uh, both pays. So um, he's a win-win, I think, for him. Literally, he wins, he gets paid and wins, and he looks like the good guy. So he wins, triple wins. It, true. But you listen, you got to give Joel or J-Lo like, total props though, for what he did and what he said afterwards. And he's, he's like, even yep. tells Sean Shelby, do not cut this guy. Don't cut him. Give him at least one more chance. I mean, it's up to Sean Shelby to listen. Yep. But, uh, you know, Joel Lozon is just a man. No, no, he's a sweetheart. Um, all my interactions with him, it's been that case. And he's, he's been very much the same person uh, throughout his fighting career. And that's another person that, um, that again, uh, he's one of the guys that's been there forever. But the beautiful thing with him is even with <laughs> this close decision, uh, he's still moving in the right direction. Um, Sergio Pettis opens up that broadcast taking on John wow. Moraga. Now, yeah. Uh, at the UFC event in Toronto, I go over uh, backstage, got escorted into this VIP area, and uh, I shouldn't say backstage, I guess uh, one of the suites, the suites, the Air Canada suite, you know pretty well down yep. at the mm-hmm. Air Canada Center. I go in there, and boom, Stephen Thompson is there, he's talking to Sergio Pettis, and I, I told you, I go shake his hand, 
and Sergio Pe- or, or, or um, Stephen Thompson has, you know, showdown Joe hands, nice and soft, moisturizers, you know, lather up sort of thing, blah blah. Yes, yep, yeah, you can you can roll those eyebrows all you want. Whoa. And then I go over and I talk, and I shake Sergio Pettis's hand, and I'm like, we do, do construction, like, dude, that that's like I was just shaking hands with a brick. And then, and then he stood up. He said, hi, Joe, blah, blah. And I'm like, hey, man, look at me. Look at me, Elias. I'm bigger than another UFC fighter. I'm taller than him. You know, I'm 5'7". <laughs> I'm, I'm, and people laugh at me all the time when they first meet me. And then I see him against John Moraga. And I remember John Moraga being a little bigger than that. Like, Sergio Pettis yep. looks bigger or didn't appear to be bigger than John Moraga. And he basically put on a Moraga, clinic. Didn't Moraga get in trouble with Demetrius Johnson? Yes. So the the whole you still look bigger. I think there's a reason for that. Moving on. Yes, yes, I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. But you got to give props to, to Pettis because think about it for a second. 100. percent A title challenger, oh, man. And you know, Demetrius Johnson. Well, you and I have been talking about Father Time. Hello. Yep. Can we catch yep. up there? Yep. No, no, it's 110. I, I totally agree. Um, again, what DJ has been able to pull off uh, is a beautiful thing. Um, and with what goes first, power or speed. Speed does go first. So uh, that's unfortunate for the lighter weight classes, whereas big boys can, you know, do this into their 30s, 40s. Go heavyweights. <laughs> 35. <laughs> heavyweight prime. <laughs> um, speaking of heavyweights on that card, uh, what went through your mind when uh, – I don't know if you saw the, – uh, did you watch the whole card, by the way? Yep. So what yep. went through your mind when uh, Alexi Olenek gets that Ezekiel choke on Victor Pesta? Not once. Ah. But, but not once, because yeah. he had it on the first time. Yep. Let it go. And Pesta goes to side control, and then all of a sudden he gets it back on, and then he starts goes into mouth. Fool me like, once. Thank you. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. And especially in his Ezekiel joke. It's embarrassing. Um, but he kept a 100 in the sense that post-fight, he's like, yeah, if I saw anyone get caught in that, I think they're an idiot. It's one of those things where you don't think – I remember Sheldon. Remember Sheldon – uh, Westcott winning with a um, yep, yep, a uh, Von Floon. It's it's one. It's the same thing. It's one of those things that you don't think is happening until it's too late. Um, so it, it, it's something you're gonna have to live with for the rest of your life. But if you're the one that pulls it off, you know, heavyweight goat. <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> heavyweights. <laughs> Dude, the guy's got like forty submissions. I think eight or nine by Ezekiel. Hello, just just check. Yeah, exactly. Just just. Just the dumbest thing. The dumbest thing. It'd be I'd be so embarrassed. <laughs> Mentally, physically, and possibly sexually. Oh. <laughs> 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 I had to do it. I had to do it. Okay, they also Naturally. announced a couple things. Uh on that broadcast mm-hmm. right there, they announced the uh the ultimate fighter redemption uh with coaches Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw. So we have the current Bantamweight champion uh taking mm-hmm. on the former Bantamweight champion, and there's already some bad blood. Now um Naturally. I, yeah, normally I would say, man, you know what? These guys are fabricating it. Well, apparently, uh, they don't like each other, and Dillashaw's going to prove a point against Cody. And Cody's like, yeah, you're going to see who's going to prove a point. So kudos uh, to these guys for putting it on. But the only problem that I have with this is that it's going to tie up the bantamweight title. All that momentum sort of goes away momentarily until the show comes back on, and then hopefully these guys will go back and forth with each other. And I know Cody Garbrandt isn't going to back down. Uh, and TJ really doesn't really start much uh, drama, but he may on the show. The good thing also this, about the show. For this, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go on, go on, go on. You're, you're saying. Yeah, just, just a, a real quick to get your thoughts. So those two guys are coaching. 
Uh, I don't like the fact that it's tying up the belt, but at the same time, it's a, a, a an all-star cast. There's going to be yep. one or two existing UFC fighters on the roster, guys that have won the mm-hmm. show in the past, guys that have mm-hmm. been on the Ultimate Fighter before. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of like this idea. No, I do. I, I, I do too. And it, it's definitely a twist and a rebranding, obviously. Um, and it, it's cool that uh, they're actually, they've cut some of the budget in regards to Nope, looks like we may have lost uh, Elias Theodore momentarily there. Uh, he's going to talk about budget. As soon as he comes back on, I'll pay attention on my screen, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to see when he comes back on. Hopefully, uh, we can get his point across there in terms of what exactly he was trying to get at. Especially, I want to ask him uh, the fact that in our own backyard, uh, well, I shouldn't say our own backyard, but an hour and a half, two hours away from the greater Toronto region we live in, uh, the UFC will be hosting UFC 210, if I'm not mistaken, at 210 in Buffalo. Uh, AKA that is a road trip for yours truly. Uh, but it looks like, um, you know, Sean Rossap and Fightful, uh, will be applying for a credential for yours truly. And perhaps someone else from Fightful, uh, to see if we can actually get credentialed by the UFC as those, uh, for those that know the, the history of the story, uh, the UFC, I guess, denied my credential in Toronto, my own backyard. Um, there were a variety of things that I had heard. Uh, one of which was we apply too late to which some of the old guard for the UFC says it doesn't matter. We're going to get him in there some way, somehow. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you, you got to respect the fact that some of the people that are working uh, currently under the new regime for the Ultimate Fighting Championship, um, they do not, uh, let's just say, they, they need to look out for their own jobs first before they would help uh, an old friend like myself. So uh, I did get a chance to go to the event. I did have an opportunity to basically go there and, and, and watch the show. I wasn't able to cover it per se. I wasn't able to go backstage. Uh, and I sat there, ladies and gentlemen, and just, I was sitting, uh, I guess, to the left where the media sits. So it was to my right, basically my two o'clock. And it was just empty seats all night long leading up to the main event. And it wasn't until the main event uh, that people were finally sitting in their seats. Uh, and that was something that always disgusted me when I was covering the UFC for Sportsnet and just in general. And I would go to all these events because you know there was a handful of us that would be there from the opening bout of the evening until the very last one because, A, we're not only media, but this is what we love. This is our passion. So, you know, I lost getting credentialed uh, to, I'm going to say, about 18 to 20 people that could care less about the UFC in Toronto, could care less about the sport, uh, and just didn't really care about being there. They got their credential but barely covered any of the fights. So hopefully with the UFC in Buffalo – uh, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, we'll, we'll try and get credential there. Try and get down there. It's, you know, like I said, about two hours from my house. Uh, I, th- I think we may have lost Elias Theodoro. I'll, I'll wait a bit more. Uh, no, Sorry about that, no, Joe. There he is. Sorry about that, Joe. No, uh, no worries whatsoever. Getting... You're, you're sort of uh, sideways on me now. I don't know what uh, what just happened there. So I'll wait till it's I see shred. the actual. Uh... Mm. Oh, yeah, there you go. Are you able to turn the? Nope, not okay. There we go. Bam. All right. There we go. Sorry so we're that. talking about the Ultimate Fighter, and you said you were mentioning something about they had slashed the budget? Yeah, they did slash the budget in regards to production. But at the, at the same time, it looks like uh, the money is actually going to the fighters, which I'm huge on. Uh, they're going to be getting paid more um, per fight. Uh, it's going to be essentially as if you were fighting um, an MMA fight. Uh, whether that's going to mean it's going to be on your record or not, I don't know. I don't know how the format's going to be, but it looks like there's a bigger pool too uh, in regards to uh, the actual contract itself. And the winner gets X amount 
100,000, 200,000 or whatever like that. Whereas before, like I can tell you on my thing, you have to still, you know, when they say six-figure contract with the UFC, contract with the UFC, to fight in order to get it. So I think in some regards, I think there's more money to be won along the way, which is always good. Um, so I'm okay with that. Okay. Uh, we are looking forward to looking forward to the cast. I mean, there's been some leaks that are out there. Uh, rumor has mm-hmm. it Judy Browning might be on there, but there's a bunch of people that are going to be on there. Um, before I let you go, because I know it's, uh, it's, it's, getting t- it's time for you to sort of get back to what you're doing, uh, as well as yours truly. The announced UFC 210 in Buffalo uh, will be in April, or, or sorry, April 9th. Uh, no boats have been announced yet. It's the first time the UFC has been there since 1995 with UFC 7, Ken Shamrock taking on uh, Oleg Taktarov. I think I have that VHS tape somewhere <laughs> in the box uh, to, the, to the right over here. Uh, I know your fight's in five weeks. Mm-hmm. But if you come out unscathed, would it be cool to fight in Buffalo or would it be better to go watch the fights in Buffalo? Elias for the interim middleweight championship. Here we go. I can see it. Buffalo for the, for the Buffalo interim middleweight championship of the world. I've heard that they're actually going to have a, a big fight in Edmonton uh, sometime in July or something like that. So I would love to fight in the Canadian hometown. And it's much easier, you know, Avoiding that whole foreign tax thing. Oh, good call, my uh, friend. You, get, it, you eventually get it back. And, like, in reality, uh, for instance, I fought in December – or I fought um, twice in the U.S. last year. Uh, so what happens is I do – I got taxed 30%. I'm getting it back. But Uncle Sam's a loafer. I'm still waiting on it. It's been a year. Uh, I'm going to get it back. And it's like a, I never spent it. But um, at the same time – uh, let's not do that. And again, uh, if we're going to look at mixed martial arts and, or Canadian, the Canadian scene as somewhat being stuck still in the vortex of uh, GSP's uh, disappearance or retirement or whatever, um, yours truly doesn't mind taking the mantle and continuing to fight in the hometown uh, in front of uh, a bunch of uh, my, uh, what's it called, Canadian fans. Uh, I've been all over Canada. I've, again, I had my actual first two fights at Hard Knocks in Calgary. So Edmonton's a stone throw away from there. I live in Montreal, but I also live in Toronto. I was born in Mississauga. And hell, I fought three times in Halifax. So I'm a Canadian boy around this whole town. I don't mind doing a whole tour to bring in some of the UFC fans for that event. It's a few times um, events and whatnot. So... Again, a paint the red, baby. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. All right, uh, we're gonna wrap this up right now. Before I before I let you go, anything that oh, you what, you're like over there. What's that? Oh, you're, oh. you're cutting on me, my friend. You're cutting <laughs> on me. I don't know if it's the concrete wall that you're behind there. What's what was the final thing you were saying there? Ooh. No, is that okay? Me already for the week. Can you hear me now? A little bit. Try now? again. I was saying, I was joking. Are you bored with me already? You're, never, you're, never, you're done. I, dude. Yes, that's what I thought. I could never be bored with you. The amount of trouble that you and I can get into, uh, even mm. though this is like you said, modern technology, uh, it's probably safer. It's always safer when you safer and I first. are not in the same room or in the same vicinity. So I can never get bored of you, and I'm actually looking forward to you coming home. Uh, looking forward to the fight. Hopefully, I, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to Halifax. Uh, I'd love to go, but uh, we'll figure something out. But like I said, uh, before I let you go, anything else you want to say uh, to the peeps that are tuning in? Maybe podcast Tuesday. 
the Tuesday, the Tuesday leading up to the fight. So uh, if you're not there physically, you'll be there mentally. Um, no, uh, again, I, I like you. I run on the sponsors. Uh, obviously, I talked earlier. Feel free, HPN. I'm an HPN elite athlete, and they allow me to cater. But uh, there's a lot of a lot of acts in my day, and uh, I'm lucky to be a part of that. Uh, a part of both those uh, what's it called companies. Uh, the other thing I was going to say: follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it's very easy to find me, uh, and look out for a lot more photos. A lot of things I got planned. I want to kind of like position myself for mixed martial arts. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Elias Teodoro, and I do concur. Uh, you may want to follow him on Instagram, especially he's got Ooh. this damn horse pi- A picture of his Yes, that's what, I'm saying. that's what I'm saying. I don't know what's wrong yeah. with this guy and why I, I selected to bring him on here, but I think that's the reason why right there. Uh, there's always something going on with Elias. But don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow, Sean Pearson. Uh, and if you missed last week's podcast with Sean Pearson, uh, you just there, there's, there's far more F-bombs in that podcast than – my whole week combined uh, with all my guests. So Sean now is likely going to cause uh, some havoc. And especially the fact that when I asked him about this card here, uh, UFC Phoenix, uh, his quote was, quote, I don't give a F, uh, end quote. So uh, we'll see what he has to say about the card uh, and all kinds of other things. But again, thank you, everyone. Maybe he's, for changed. Being in your- What's that? Maybe he's changed tune. Maybe it was a great card to him. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> He so. said he was going to PVR it and then let me know uh, by the time we connected. So I'll, I'll connect with Sean probably after this. Uh, and hopefully my water tank uh, gets filled today. Elias, again, thank you very much. Uh, please give my best uh, to the boys and girls over at TriStar. And uh, I'll see you soon, my man. I got you, buddy. Take care. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Elias, Tudor, yours truly. Don't forget, tomorrow, hopefully 10 a.m., but check out uh, my Twitter. Uh, social media, I will post uh, when uh, the, bo- the podcast will go live with Yours truly, and Sean Pearson. For now, thanks a lot. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers Stay Clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money.